along with those listening on radio and watching us on Facebook Live. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning at First Church. I do have several announcements before we start our service. The red rose on the altar is in honor of Robert and Sandy Durick, who will be celebrating 63 years of marriage tomorrow, August 29th. So congratulations. Ken Crailer and Irene Rodriguez and friends are here this morning and will be in the social room following worship. Ken is the grandson of Gilbert and Cornelia Schreer, who served as missionaries in Japan. They are from First Church. Mr. Crailer is going to present information about their time in Japan and their connection to New Knoxville after the service. All are invited to attend traditional Japanese green tea, rice, locally grown Japanese beans, and a small assortment of Japanese dishes will be served in the social room. Our fall kickoff picnic will be next Sunday, September 4th. We'll have outdoor worship at the park in New Knoxville at 10.15. Remember that time. Lunch will be served immediately following the service. First Church will be providing Arby's roast beef, so please bring a dish that you can share with people. A couple things to remember. There's no 9 a.m. service next Sunday. Don't come here. Nobody will be here. Start time for the worship again, I want to remind you, is 10.15. Also bring a lawn chair. We will have several white chairs set up, but not enough for everybody. So please remember to bring a lawn chair. We will be live on T-102 from the park that day, but there will be no live streaming of the service. So we hope you can come out to the park and worship with us that day. There's a confirmational meeting for parents and students on Monday, August 29th. At 7 p.m., I think you'll notice in your bulletin the time is 6.30. Make sure you make a note it is at 7 p.m. on Monday. All students participating in confirmation this year need to attend. At this time, I have one last announcement, but I'm going to let Allie Buckland share that with you this morning. Morning. Um, I want to plug my uh, Awana meeting this week, Wednesday, August 31st at 7 o'clock. One more time, I hope that you would consider coming and learning more about this midweek children's ministry. Um, it will be, we'll be having this ministry on Wednesday nights, and it'll be open to, hopefully if we have enough volunteers, uh, ages preschool through sixth grade. So, um it will be a good opportunity for kids to come and learn more about the word, bring friends. Friends are really encouraged to bring friends from the community. <clears throat> and um, we just really would love to see this program be possible for the people in our community. Um, it is intended to be a midweek ministry. It's a really great program where the kids are playing games and learning about the Bible and memorizing Bible verses, but it is not intended to be a Sunday school program. So I just want to clarify that this in no way will replace what we already are doing here on Sunday mornings for Sunday school. It is just a midweek service or midweek opportunity for the kids to learn more about the word much like what we do midweek like a, a, a Tuesday morning Bible study or uh, you know 
Monday evening women's Bible study, um, we just want the kids to get more involved. And so that's uh, an opportunity that they would have. So if you're interested in learning more about the program, please come on Wednesday. I'll have information. I'll have the materials that you can look through. You can ask questions and I can give you answers and um, hopefully you'll leave prepared to make a decision whether you're willing to volunteer. Um, before I step down, I want to just give you some facts. There was a survey done by Awana alumni, so people who had gone through the program and um, now are adults. And from the people that were surveyed, 92.7% of those people still go to church at least weekly as adults. And 93.7% of the Awana alumni say they wholeheartedly believe in God. So this is a program that works. And if we want to get these kids to be involved in a church as an adult, we need to make sure that we are, are starting young and encouraging them to come midweek. So hopefully you can join us. Thank you, Allie. That concludes our announcements today. Now, if you're able, would you please rise and join me in our call to worship? This morning it is taken from Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave and the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not, like, do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Please remain standing. We are singing two praise songs this morning. The first one is His Mercy is in it. His mercy is love, and the second one is, oh, come to the table.
constantly roam what father so tender is calling us home reminded me of Luke 15 the story of the prodigal son you know he always I always thought of it in the prodigal son's realm or I always thought about it in the brother's realm but if you read it do you realize that the father was actually waiting standing there waiting for his son to return his lost son to return and he didn't just stand there He saw his son out in the distance, and what did he do? He went running towards him. We don't have to be afraid of our Heavenly Father because the blood of Jesus Christ covers us, and we can come into his presence. He's not just a God that sits up there. He's a God that wants a relationship with us. He wants to come. He wants us to be there, and then he wants to lavish us with his love. We can't comprehend it. No matter what you've done, no matter where you're at, he says, come to the altar. Just come. I will meet you there. I will always be there.
Okay, can you all see what's going to go on? Let's scoot around here. Millie's going to help me in this. I mean, Claire's going to help me this morning. Okay, come around so you can see. All right. Everybody kind of started school this week? Did you have, well, then you have to move around. All right. Now, Millie has to be next to me. Okay. I mean, Claire, I'm sorry. I bet you get that all the time, don't you? I have a bag here of school supplies. Now, do you ever think about God when you were buying your school supplies? Hmm? Hmm? Well, uh, Claire is going to pull something out of the bag. Then you tell me what it is. Okay. Okay, Claire, pull something out. Ah. A water bottle. Why would we have a water bottle at school? Hmm? Well, so you can drink water. Who, had, who is the living water? Jesus is the living water. So when you have your water bottle at school and you use it and you keep filling it up, you fill, remember to fill your heart up with Jesus because he is the living water. Okay, what else do we have in our bag? Oh, we have a a notebook. What would you use a notebook for? Coloring. Coloring. What else? Drawing. Writing. And we can write all the things we're thankful for from God in there. Now, there's a lot of pages there, but I bet you we could fill that up pretty fast. So when you're writing your assignments at school, think about things to be thankful for. Okay, what else do we have? Oh, not yet. Oh, nothing's better than a new box of crayons. Is there, huh? Till they break. They break easy, don't they? So what are you going to do with the crayons? It pops right off. You betcha. I've got a lot of those popped off crayons at my house. So you know God made colors to color our world. So it's a wonderful, wonderful world. He made something really special that had colors in it. What was that? Up in the sky. Rainbow. Beautiful colors. And he did that to remind us of a promise he made. Didn't he? All right. What else do we have in our box? Our bag? We have a pencil. Is this pencil any good to use right now? Why not? Why isn't it good to use? It's not sharpened. Well, we will sharpen it. And a pencil helps remind us to be really sharp, you know, and choose good friends and make good choices when we're at school and when we're out on the playground. And that's hard to do sometimes, isn't it? We need God's help for that. All right. What else do we have here? (gasps) Scissors. We can cut something with that. But you know what we can remember when we use scissors is to cut out the bad stuff in our lives. Cut out the things that we do that hurt people. That's not what God likes, is it? We have to say, 
away with you. You know, when we want to say something bad or we want to push somebody or be a bully or say nasty things. We want to cut those things out. All right, what else do we have? Tape. What do you do with tape? You can tape it right back together. For some reason this summer, when my grandchildren were there, we went through a lot of this. I don't know what they thought they were going to tape, but it just kind of disappeared. But you know, when you think about tape, think about what the Bible tells you. The Bible tells you how to fix things. Yeah, so we can use, use the Bible to fix things in our lives, don't we? Yeah. All right, what else do we have in here? Mm, not yet. Oh, yeah, you're right. What is this? Glue sticks. Glue sticks. What do you use glue sticks for? Yeah, you know, when I was growing up, we had those big bottles of Elmer's glue that made big bloops on everything that we wanted to do. We didn't have anything as lucky as this. You have those? I have a little one and two plain ones. It tells you, it reminds you that God's with you and to stick with the hard work. You keep working and stick with the hard work. All right? What else do we have in there? Ah, what's this? Erasers. There's six of them in here because I make a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes. That I want to erase. And what's another word for mistakes? When we do something. What do you say? Issues. Issues, yeah. We can have issues too, can't we? Sometimes we, when we do things that are mistakes and we make bad choices, God calls those sins. And who made the first mistake? No, God never makes any mistakes. Adam made the mistake. Eve just happened to be there. Okay. Adam did what God told him not to do. And what was that? To eat the fruit in the garden. So that sin that Adam did came over And we all inherited that. That means we all had that sin. And with sin, we're not good enough to get into heaven. But who came to take away that sin? Jesus. Jesus came to take away that sin. And so Jesus, God, can erase our sins and our mistakes. But we have to ask for his forgiveness to do that. And then you put all these things in what? A bag. a bag or a backpack. Well, you have a bad a backpack right here in your heart to put Jesus in every day you go to school. So he's with you whenever you get scared, whenever there's really hard work or anything like that. You have him with you when you go to school in your heart. Let us say a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these children and their willingness to learn all about you. Help them, Lord, as they start their school year 
And we pray for the teachers and the parents as new routines begin. And let us all keep your son, Jesus, in our hearts. And thank you so much for giving him to us to take away our sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Mrs. Carolyn. You guys can head back to your seats. As a parent, it's hard not to notice when your kid has an answer for everything, right? I mean, can't, and he always sits near the mic so we can pick that up and everybody can hear it. Oh, that's great. I, I, I wonder off if he's uh, preparing to follow in his dad's footsteps. I'm not sure about that. Um, couple, uh, I just want to reiterate a couple announcements that Jack shared with us this morning before we collect our offering. Again, just uh, thankful for uh, Ken Crayler and, and the others that are here today. Um, they're in the service with us this morning. I know they're out there somewhere. There they are, right over there. Thank you guys for being here today. Very much looking forward to that invitation. Anybody that's able to stick around after the service down in the social room, there's going to be some refreshments that they brought with them. And uh, looking forward to hearing about their their uh, grandparents, their ministry, and the connection it has to New Knoxville. Very much looking forward to that. Also want to just invite you once again to worship at the park next week in the fall kickoff. We're having worship starting at 1015 at the park. And then the, after the worship service, which will include uh, several immersion baptisms, uh, we will have our fall kickoff lunch together, as well as some fun activities for the kids and, and for families. So I really hope everyone is able to come. And, and I want to extend the invitation to those that are listening on the radio and watching on Facebook as well. We hope that you're able to join us for worship at the park that day. Worship is special, um, the opportunity we have to gather together um, to worship God. And, and it's not special just on special occasions. It's special on days like today as well. Um, I heard a pastor sharing a story once. It was, uh, he was talking about his young child, and they were going into a, a tall building and getting in the elevator. And his son was amazed that he got in this tiny little room, and when the doors opened, the upstairs had come down to him. Right, because he didn't understand how elevators worked. He thought everything that was upstairs was coming down to him on that bottom floor. See, when we worship God, when we gather together as God's people in his presence and hear from his word and sing his praises, it's like heaven is coming down and we're joining in the, the heavenly worship that is taking place. And we have a it isn't an it isn't something we have to do, it's something we get to do. And we're gonna get an opportunity to do that some more here this morning. Our offering today goes to support the Outreach and Evangelism Fund. And uh, at this time, I encourage the, I invite the deacons to come forward and encourage you to give as you feel led. We are going to be singing a hymn during our offering this morning. And so I invite you to turn to number 41 in your hymnals as we sing about God's goodness. This hymn is God is so good. You may remain seated as we sing this hymn together.
like I needed to pick a hymn with one more verse in it for this morning to give our deacons enough time. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, deacons, for helping out with the offering this morning. You may be seated as we pray together today. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather here in this place. We thank you for the privilege it is, Lord, to gather here and to worship you, to lift your name on high and truly experience, Lord, your presence in a, in a unique way with your people. Uh, we thank you for the radio ministry and the, and the on, and, and being able to stream online, Lord, because even though people are not able to gather here in this place, you'll, Lord, your presence is everywhere and your presence goes with us wherever we go. So we ask, Lord, for your presence to be made real here in this place today, that as we worship you, as we lift your name on high, that you would be glorified and we would experience your presence and your spirit moving in this place. Lord God, we thank you for your good and gracious promises that you make us. We thank you for your word, Lord, which is a lamp for our feet and a light unto our path. And we pray that you would help us to trust and have faith in your promises and your word. Help them, help us to believe them to be true, even during the difficult and challenging experiences of life. We thank you for your goodness and your provision, which we experience in, in a variety of ways every day. And Lord, help us to not forget that all good and perfect gifts come from you. Lord God, we, uh, we just continue to lift up the families that are represented in the prayer and concerns list in our bulletin. Uh, we see families who have lost loved ones recently, and we ask for comfort and peace for them as they as they mourn the loss of dearly loved individuals. We pray for those who are in need of healing, Lord, who have, been, who have been sick for some time or dealing with difficult circumstances. We pray, Lord, for your healing hand to be upon them. And we pray also, Lord, for those um, who just need your guidance and your wisdom in their lives. Lord, may, may we learn not to lean on our own understanding, but fully trust in you and on your word and your spirit guiding us in our lives. Lord, we do pray for our um, worship at the park next week. We thank you for the opportunity we have to gather in a different way, in a unique way, and just pray, Lord, that your, um, that your word would be proclaimed and your word would be sung and celebrated during that time. And we thank you for the individuals being baptized, that we ask that you would bless them as they publicly proclaim their faith in you and their commitment to you. 
Lord God, we pray for those in authority over us, as your word calls us to do. And so we do pray for our, our, our national government at this time. We pray for our president, uh, the Congress, the Supreme Court, and other elected and appointed officials. We ask for your wisdom for them. We ask that you would have hunger and that they would have a hunger and thirst after your righteousness and that they would be satisfied. And we ask for your continued guidance within our own church family here. We do thank you for our consistory, the, the elders, the deacons, and the trustees who, who give of themselves and their talents and their time and, and uh, in order to serve you by serving this church. And we ask for your special blessing upon them and their families this day. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. By Sharon Ford for our scripture reading today. The scripture reading today is from Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 21. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned, to be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but there is no law. Nevertheless, Death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is the pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like a trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as though, just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you, Sharon. Let's pray together again. Father God, as we open up your word now together, we ask for your 
guidance in our lives. We ask that you would make your word real to us um, through the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. May you soften our hearts to what you have to say to us today. And may you give me words to speak. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. There's been a lot, uh, there's been a lot of uh, discussion of politics in our country over the last several years. Um, and it's almost unavoidable, right? Even if you're not a person who watches the news every night, it's almost impossible to avoid talk of politics or hear what's going on in the news. Um, now, I bring that up not to talk about specific politics, but to talk about our form of government. Right. We live in a representative democracy. Right. We as citizens of the United States have a vote in who represents us in our government. And that's true on a local level, on a state level and on a federal level. Right. We vote for someone to represent us and and make decisions on our behalf. Now, we hope that those that are elected, right, are going to make wise decisions. We hope that those who represent us will vote and make decisions in line, right, with, with the um, people that they represent. But we also know that that's unfortunately not always the case. We do not live in a perfect world in, a, in our form of government, although good is not perfect as well. Um, and also, right, we vote, and no matter who is elected, right, there, there's going to be people within that group that didn't vote for that person, right? Nobody gets 100% of the vote, no matter how great of a candidate they are. And so there's going to be people within that district, within that region, right, who didn't vote for that person. There's, there's you know, there, and so whether or not you voted for them, whether or not you chose them, right, they are still your representative in that area and in that way. Now, the reason I bring this up is because this passage that we're talking about here today from Romans chapter 5 talks a lot about how, uh, talks about two representatives for the human race. On the one hand, we have Adam, and on the other, we have Christ. And the reality is that for all people, we are either in Adam or we are in Christ. And those are the only two options that we have. And now you may say, well, I didn't vote for that. Right? I didn't choose Adam. I didn't choose to be represented by him. But that's just the fact of the matter. Right? Just like we may not have voted for our particular representative, he is still our representative. Right? And so we need to also acknowledge that just because we didn't choose to be in Adam, we are all in Adam to begin with. You see, that's what these opening verses remind us of, that it says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. And so the first thing we need to remember today, the first thing we need to learn is that Adam, in Adam, we are all sinners in need of a Savior. Now, this is what we call the doctrine of original sin, that all people, everyone who's ever existed is represented by Adam in our sinful nature. So sin and death entered through Adam and it affects everybody. And as Carolyn mentioned during our children's chat here today, that act of disobedience can be read about in Genesis chapter 3. Right Through the actions of Adam and Eve, sin entered the world. They, one act of disobedience affected all people. 
Now, the reason for that is because as human beings, Adam, by nature, is our representative. It's not just that he sinned and we didn't, but we're guilty of his sin. It's that in Adam, it says, all have sinned. So as our representative, he was, in one sense, acting on our behalf. And so because of that, we are all equally guilty of the sin that Adam and Eve committed. In other words, we are sinners by nature, not by action. We often think of sin as the, as the thing that we do that is outside of God's will or, or goes against God's character. And, and that is true, right? There are things that we do that we can categorize as sin. Sometimes we try really hard to, to please God and we fall short. Sometimes we're just an outright rebellion against God and his will. And the things that we do can rightfully be called sin. But it's more than just our actions. It, it, it affects us to our very core. One theologian said that we are, we don't sin, excuse me, we're not sinners because we sin, we sin because we're sinners, right? It, it affects us at the very core of our being. In fact, David in his great um, uh, Psalm 51, where he confesses his sin, he says this in verse five, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. In other words, David recognized that his sin wasn't just the act of adultery with Bathsheba, it was part of his nature from the time he was born. And so we must first recognize that, that when Adam sinned, it affected everybody who ever lived. And we are, we are guilty of sin because Adam is our representative. But we must remember that what Adam fell from, right? The Bible doesn't begin in Genesis 3. The Bible begins with Genesis 1 and 2, the, the story of God's creation and how once God looked at all that he had made, including Adam, he called it good. And so we must remember that, it's, it's, that when we talk about sin and we talk about the, our, our original sin and our sinful nature, we must remember that there's something that God is trying to restore us back to. Right? He's not just saving us from sin, from punishment. He's trying to restore what was lost at the fall. That perfect creation, that, that relationship that God had with his act too. But in Adam, we are all sinners. And notice here, he says in verses 13 and 14, that sin existed before the law was given. Of course, he's referring there to the Ten Commandments and the law that was given at Mount Sinai. And so he said, just because the people didn't have the two stone tablets that had the Ten Commandments written on them, doesn't mean that sin didn't exist. Scripture is clear that, that the law is given so that we become aware of our sin. That's what Paul says in Romans 3.20. He says, through the law, we become conscious, we become aware of our sin. And so it's not the law that created sin, right? But, but it's, it's the law that helps us understand our sinful nature. It helps us understand, in other words, our need for the Lord and our need for his grace and forgiveness. That's what Paul's getting at in Romans, again, back here in Romans 5, in the closing verses, I'm going to skip ahead to verses 20 and 21. He says, the law was brought in so the trespass might increase. Does that mean the law makes us more sinful? No. The law just makes us aware of our sin. It helps us to identify and clarify what sin truly is. 
And the more we understand the law, the more we'll realize just how sinful we are and just how far short we've fallen of God's grace and mercy. And so the law is good because it helps us to be aware of our sin. And that's why he goes on to say that where sin increased, grace increased all the more. You see, we never outgrow the gospel. We never outgrow the need to hear about God's gracious act of mercy on our behalf. See, the more we understand our sin, the more we'll realize just how holy and and righteous God is. And the more we'll recognize our need for him. You see, in Adam... We are sinners in need of a Savior. In Adam, we all fall short of God's glory. And so we need to come to grips with our sin. We need to acknowledge the reality of the situation we're in, that we are truly sinners in need of a Savior. And so confession and repentance are healthy acts, right? They, are, they help us to turn away from those things and turn towards Christ. You see, we'll never understand our need for salvation until we come to grips with the reality of our sin. At the end of Psalm 139, there's this fantastic prayer. It's just two lines at the end of this psalm, and I want to read them for you because they are a great example of the kind of prayer that we can we can we can pray and acknowledge our need for the Lord. In Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24, it says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts." See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So the first thing we need to understand is that by nature, by default, our representative before God is Adam. We are by nature guilty of sin. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. We see here beginning in verse 15 that Paul then reminds us at the end of verse 14 that, that Adam is a pattern of the one who is to come. He's talking about Jesus. And then he goes on to say that the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by that grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? You see, we, don't need to, we can't save ourselves. We, just, we need a new representative. We need someone to stand up in our place and stand for us. And that's exactly what Jesus did. His grace and the gift that came through that grace, which is the righteousness of God, far outweighs the sin of Adam because Jesus is greater than Adam. Adam was a man created by God, but Jesus is God himself in the flesh. And by his one righteous act, he he tipped the scales of justice away from sin in our favor. You guys know what I mean by the scales of justice, right? You've seen those, those statues of Lady Justice holding the balance in her hands, right? You see, by nature, the side with sin is just loaded, overloaded, and there's nothing we could do. There's nothing we could put on the other side that could outweigh or tip that balance in our favor. But when Jesus died on the cross, he died for us. He took our sin upon himself. It was our sin that was nailed to the cross. And it's like Jesus took those scales of justice and put his finger on it and tipped them in our favor. His grace, his one righteous act far outweighed the sin of Adam and all the sin that have come since then. He is our 
new representative. When we put our faith in Christ, when we receive the gift of God's mercy, he is our representative and we receive his grace. There's a story in scripture that I think highlights this idea perfectly for us. And I want to take a moment and, and, and share that with you. And it's the story of David and Goliath, right? A story that's familiar to so many of us, right? We talk about in a Sunday school, my kids can sing you the song. Uh, we're all fam- most of us are familiar with that story. And when we think of the story of David and Goliath, we often uh, mistakenly put ourselves in David's shoes, right? You know what's going on in this story. We got Israel's army on one side, the Philistines on the other. And in those days, they would often use representatives to fight their battles for them. And so the way that worked is each side would select a champion and that champion would go out into the middle of the battlefield and they would fight one-on-one with the other army's champion. And whoever won that single combat would decide the fate of the entire army. And so day after day, Goliath was standing out in the middle of the battlefield, mocking the Israelite army, and nobody was willing to step out and fight him because they knew if they did, they'd have no chance. And so David comes along and, and understanding that the battle was not his, the battle was the Lord's. He stepped out in faith and fought Goliath, representing the entire Israelite army. And by God's grace, he defeated the giant with one shot, with one stone from a slingshot. We mistakenly think we're David and that we just need to step up in faith and fight our enemies. But that's not what the story's about. The story of David and Goliath is that we are the Israelites who are too scared and unable to win the victory on our own. We need a representative to stand up for us and to fight our battles for us. We cannot overcome sin on our own. We cannot pay the price that needs to be paid. And so we need a champion to step out and fight that battle. We need Jesus to represent us and defeat sin on our behalf. And that's exactly what he did on the cross. Paul here says that one righteous act, he's talking about the crucifixion, one righteous act reverses the effects of sin and undoes everything that Adam did in the garden. Just as all sinned in Adam, all sin is also put to death through Christ's sacrifice. And so we are joined with Christ in his death and his resurrection. Our sin, when we put our faith in Christ, our sin is nailed to that cross. And we are given new life in Jesus. You see, he is our one representative before the Father. Romans 8 says that he is seated at the right hand of the Father and interceding for us. In 1 Timothy 2.5, it says that Jesus is the one mediator, the one representative between God and man. He is the one who stands before the Father and pleads our case. And just as everyone received guilt of sin through Adam, all can receive the gift of righteousness through Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that God made him who had no sod. And so in other words, Jesus took our sin upon himself, and in return we receive his righteousness, the best deal that's ever been made. See, there's two kingdoms that we can belong to. This passage here in Romans 5 talks about How death and sin reigned over those who are still in Adam. Death and sin reign over those who are lost in sin. But grace and righteousness reign in those who have put their faith in Christ. 
We belong to one or the other. There are two representatives for all of mankind. You're either in Adam or you're in Christ. Which kingdom do you belong to? Now, membership in God's kingdom cannot be earned. There's no citizenship citizenship test that we can take. It is received by faith and by faith alone. In Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, Paul says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no man can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are saved by grace through faith. It is not of ourselves. Again, we are, we need a representative because we are unable to do anything about our situation. And so Jesus Christ is that representative we need. He is the new Adam that saves us from our sin, that breaks the power of sin and death in our lives. And when we put our faith in him, we are made new. It says that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good things. Jesus represents us before God. We are called to represent him in this world. To be the salt and the light. To do what God has created us to do. Again, salvation is not about just saving us from the punishment of sin. It's helping restore that relationship with God that we were meant to have in the first place. To live the way that Christ intended for us to live. And we can only do that when we put our faith and our trust in him. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to hear from your word. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are our new Adam. You are that representative who stands for us before God, before the Father. We thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit to indwell us, to, to help us to live for you and represent you well in this world. But we acknowledge, Lord, that we can't do it on our own. We need you in everything. And so, God, we ask for you to come and and send your Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Lord Jesus, I I ask that you would work in our hearts and minds that that those who, who, Lord, are unsure of their salvation, who, who don't know who represents them before the Father, I pray that you would convict them of their sin and help them to understand their need for you. Lord, you freely offer this to each one of us. And I pray that we would all accept it for ourselves. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. As we close our service this morning, I invite you to stand with us and we're going to sing number 336, Jesus, I Come.
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. You may go in peace.